Shadow's Bastion, a By Gods and Kings story, takes place in the fictional world of Dunai. All of these works are available to read on Kindle Vela and are available shortly after this release. For more information on By Gods and Kings, please visit our website, bygodsandkings.com, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Chapter 16 The Day Finally Arrives Crick laid in his bed as the sun began to shine in through the curtains. The inn where he had been staying for the past few months wasn't much, but it was full of the followers of Darien and the single follower of Taljus. The room where he rested was his alone. He wasn't forced to share like some of the others. While this might have been because he wasn't very approachable, it was more because he was the newest god-touched and wasn't as friendly with some of the others. The door to his room creaked open, prompting him to pick his head up off of the pillow to see who was invading. He squinted his eyes and peered across the room to see Chalice entering through the door. She closed it gently behind her and tried to appear as warm as she could. I wasn't expecting such an early wake-up call, announced Crix from the bed. While I didn't want to startle you awake with a door slamming into the wall, Chalice countered as she made her way into the room. We've just received word that Xylene's forces will be attacking Brawl within the hour and we need to have the stockade ready to receive the souls of those who fall. Crix rolled over onto his back and laughed. Does the god of the tides really believe he's going to encapsulate all of the souls without alerting Vesia to his plan? Chalice continued walking along the wooden floor with the planks creaking with every step. She made her way through the room and over to the bed, where she sat down at the edge near Crix's feet. Between the two of us, I honestly don't know how he's going to avoid the wrath of Vesia, she remarked earnestly. Chalice took a breath and hung her head, pointing her face toward the dusty inn floor. If he manages to transport the essence of all those drowned and defeated people away from her eye into the stockade, then the plan was a success and Vesia is not as powerful as we were all made to believe. Crix remained on his back as he stared up at the ceiling. With each breath, the clock moved forward toward their date with destiny, an eternity within the Sunshire stockades. I think she will see what is transpiring and ultimately take action. None of us will escape the watchful eye of the Goddess of Law. Chalice rose to her feet and patted the bed gently. Perhaps, but we are servants to the god of order, and he has asked this of us. Crix huffed and rose up to a seated position when a loud thud on the door drew both his and Chalice's attention. In the doorway, wearing her bow as she always did, but carrying a look of disbelief about her, was Rosali. The Seraphim had begun their assault on Solaria, announced Rosali with a sense of panic. Crix busted out in laughter upon hearing Rosali's statement, with both women turning toward him. What's so funny, Crix? inquired Rosali harshly. Crix spun his feet around and placed them on the floor before rising to his feet. He turned toward Chalice and shook his head while trying to suppress an even bigger smile. Our god is far more brilliant than I originally thought, laughed Crix with a sinister smile. The Seraphim were attacking Solaria while Xylene and his Naga attacked Brile. Vesia's gaze will not be on Dunai, but will instead be on the personal attack against another god. Crix paused with both women appearing confused. I take back what I said earlier, Chalice. Vessie won't see the souls being secluded, and when she realizes they're gone, it will be far too late. The three stared at each other for a few moments and remained silent. The moment was becoming surreal. All that they had worked towards since arriving in Sunshire, Rosali and Chalice especially, was coming to fruition. The silence was foreboding. The plan of their god was finally ready to be fulfilled. Chalice took in a deep breath and glanced forward at Crix. Come on, Crix. We have a meeting with Destiny. She stated as she rubbed his shoulder. Crix nodded solemnly with Rosali at his side. It is. It most certainly is. They made their way out of Crix's quarters and headed down the flight of stairs. 
Loud screams were coming from behind the exterior walls. There appears to be a bit of a commotion, announced Chalice while they made their way down the stairs. The innkeeper was cowering behind the desk while the front door to the inn was open. The wind was howling and pushing papers and other goods down the dusty streets, with the three god-touched able to see it from within the inn. Chalice glanced forward and out into the streets through the door. I thought the attack was within the hour, she asked as she glanced up at Rosali. Rosali stood at the bottom of the stairs and bit her bottom lip. I suppose with Darien making his move against Solaria, Xylan went ahead and dispatched his naga into Bryle. She peered over at Crix who appeared lost in thought. This is moving a lot faster than any of us were intending. Chalice laughed while watching the citizens of Sunshire scurry through the streets. It took months to build the structure and only minutes to fill it. Warnia said it was going to be a fast transition. Rosali scoffed loudly. I see that, but instead of an hour, it may only take a matter of minutes. She set her eyes forward to see Crix taking the lead, no longer lost in thought. It appears he's ready at least. I'd say so, Rosali, answered Chalice with a smile. Come on, we don't have long. Crix emerged from the inn with Chalice and Rosali walking behind him. The door closed behind them as they entered the streets to see the commotion they heard from within the building. Above them in the sky, a black aura with grey streaks surrounded the Sunshire stockades. The citizens of Sunshire were scurrying about, panicked at the sight before them. The merchants, traders, and other sailors boarded their ships and left Sunshire as fast as they could. Quite impressive, remarked Rosali as she stared up at the swirling sky. Impressive indeed, replied Chalice calmly. She licked her lips and shifted her eyes toward the stockade. Priests of Searia were scrambling about, trying to get the men and women of Sunshire into their homes. Rosali walked in front of Chalice and Crix, leading them down the streets. It's only a matter of time before the city descends into chaos. Crix laughed while watching Rosali move in front of them. Chalice, I think it's already there. Rosali led Crix and Chalice across the wooden bridge to find Albatron already walking into the stockades with Bantheus in tow. Warnier paced in front of the wooden structure with a swirling aura overhead. Kuros stood a few feet from the doorway, ensuring everything was going to plan, while Bartholomew was making last-minute preparations. Warnier turned and found the three approaching the stockade. Go ahead and make your way in, he commanded to the three of them, with both Rosali and Chalice nodding in affirmation and Crix remaining stoic. That's an order for all three of you, he continued emphatically. Crix scoffed loudly with Rosali and Chalice surprised at his reaction. I will head in when I am ready, Warnier. I do not serve you, nor your order. I serve Darien. Warnier shook his head and remained tight-lipped and stone-faced. Chalice, Rosali, I will meet you inside. I'm sure Crix here just needs to take a moment before submitting to Darien's wish. That's correct, replied Crix earnestly. I'd like to take a few moments to simply collect myself. Chalice placed her hand on Crix's shoulder and patted it gently. Don't take too long. Servitude doesn't wait for everyone. I'll be brief, I promise, smiled Crix. Rosali and Chalice turned around with Warnier keeping his eyes on Crix. I will see you inside, Warnier. Warnier shook his head at the other god-touched servant. For some reason, I have my doubts. Warnier turned around to see Draenault entering as well. Crix was the last servant of Darien, beside Kuros, to enter the stockade. Kuro stood in front of the door and glared up at the sky. The black and gray aura swirling over the stockade brought a smile to his face as his eyes began to glow with a silver hue. It's finally here, he whispered quietly as he awed at the sky. He looked down from the sky and glanced over at the godchut servants, all preparing to enter the stockade. He turned to see Bartholomew Constellat speaking to a few priests, giving them instructions for the citizens of Sunshire before he ventured through the stockade doors. 
ensure that the elderly and the youth are in the furthest spot from the entrance, Bartholomew instructed the priest directly in front of him. I don't know what this magic will do to the homes and those left out in the streets. The priest was taken aback with his two contemporaries standing firmly beside him. Master Constellats, are you sure what's going to happen won't level Sunshire? Bartholomew folded his arms across his chest and composed himself in front of the priests. I don't think so, but we can't take any chances. This magic is something composed from the god of order, and it's not something we can view as stable. The priests all chuckled with Kuro scowling at Bartholomew's remark. The power and knowledge of Darien was what was going to keep the stockade together, not the heretic will of Sayeria. The three priests bowed before Bartholomew and turned away from the god-touched servant of Sayeria and the stockade. They made their way down the path toward the wooden bridge, leaving Bartholomew alone for a few moments. He exhaled and looked across the Sariac at Sunshire for the last time. He held his head solemnly as a tear rolled down his cheek. Are you going to miss it? inquired Kuros. He watched Bartholomew's actions with the priest, but he let them go. There was no sense in holding a grudge when you're to spend eternity with someone. Bartholomew looked up from the ground and turned toward Kuros. It's all I've ever known, he answered cordially. I've traveled to a few other of Sayaria's havens, but I've always called Sunshire my home. Kuros stood still and listened to Bartholomew. He struggled to empathize with him, having never placed roots down since becoming a priest. However, there were times when he missed Merdul and the continent of Urine, a place he called home during his youth. We'll do what we can to make sure this stockade at least reminds you of Sunshire. Bartholomew laughed heartily. My wing is a replica of the plantation. It will be difficult not to be reminded of it daily. Kuros chuckled as Bartholomew stood up straight and walked past him. He glanced up at the sky and exhaled softly before stepping through the wooden doorway and into his eternal home. The time was coming with Kuros feeling the magic beginning to pulsate within his body. He glanced around the area, seeing if anyone was still waiting to enter. As he looked back, only one man was remaining. Kuros turned to see Crick standing still in front of the stockade, awing up at the magical structure. It is quite impressive, isn't it? asked Kuros rhetorically. Crick smirked and nodded subtly. It most certainly is especially the magic that's hovering above. The might of our god is quite impressive, mentioned Kuros. He turned and glanced back at the door. The souls have begun entering the stockade. I can feel them merging with my essence. Crick shifted his eyes down to Kuros. He peered into his essence, confirming what the warden of the stockade was claiming. His essence, once stark white with the power and knowledge of Darien, was now beginning to pulsate with varying other auras. I can tell, smiled Crix. How does it feel? Kuro shrugged nonchalantly. Why don't you ask me once we're inside and this is all over? He said before turning and walking over to the doorway. Kuro's placed his foot on the wooden floor and stepped in. The walls inside the opening room of the stockade were glowing with various hues, bringing a smile to Kuro's face. He turned around to see Crick still standing in front of the stockade, watching the swirling aura as it continued to work. Are you not coming? asked Kuro's. This is quite impressive, Crick's. You should see this from in here. Crix looked up at the sky to see various essences descending rapidly toward the stockade. It really is, he said with a wry grin. What are you seeing? inquired Kuros from afar. Can you see the souls of the fallen from Brile entering? Crix's eyes glowed silver as he watched the auras enter the stockade. There are several auras of those who serve Dahar, as well as those who serve Nerilil and Phalaris. There are even a few who serve Taldus and Xylene. Kuros tried to take a step out of the stockade, but couldn't remove his foot off of the wood. What of those who worshipped Malarus? inquired Kuros as he remained within the confines of the stockade. Are they coming inside as well? 
Crick locked his eyes above the stockade to see several pulsating purple auras entering as well. Prominently, announced Crick, there are far more souls for Malaris than anyone else. Kuros smiled and clapped his hands. That's perfect, he shouted joyfully. Now come on, Crick, let's get inside and close the door. We have a job to get to and I would hate to lose a moment on you watching the souls coming into the stockade. I'll be there in due course, Kuros, replied Crick as he continued to watch the essence enter the stockade. Kuros fumed loudly, No, Crix, you need to come in now. Crix shifted his eyes away from the essence and down to Kuros, who was noticeably upset in the doorway. I'll be in when I'm ready to be in, Kuros. Kuros stood in the doorway as the gray and black aura swirled through the air over the stockade. He seethed loudly at Crix's insubordination. Crix, this is your last warning. Get within these walls or else. The powerful conduit stared across the path at his best friend, with Crix staring back. Crick smirked ominously as he watched the essence unfold around him, with Kuro standing powerfully before him. Or else what, friend? inquired Crick playfully as he stood feet from the door. He clasped his fingers together and stretched them out with his palms facing the door of the stockade. Kuros blinked his eyes slowly inside. Our god demands you enter this stockade, Crick. Darien gave you the ultimate gift so that you could serve at my side. The winds picked up with the trees blowing violently. The swirling haze moved more rapidly in the sky with Crick standing still on the path in front of the stockade. He exhaled softly, the smirk leaving his face and being replaced with a look of stoicism. His mind wandered briefly, thinking of the time he spent with Docern in the caverns between Jarost and Krelk. He thought about how life was when someone turned their back on the Order's commands, only to still serve the deity. Devotion was something that was only between he and Darien, not something he was willing to give Kuros. I'm sorry, old friend, but I will not be your prisoner, announced Crix as he locked eyes with Kuros. I will not stand beside you and be equal parts prisoner and guard. Rage filled Kuros's eyes. He gripped the wooden frame of the door with the essence of those from Brile entering the stockade. His eyes began to glow stark white as he seethed furiously at Crix. You dare defy our god, he asked furiously. You dare defy Darien. Crix stood perfectly still as the wind brushed his hair to the side. He opened his palms and stared forward, noticing the essence that made up Kuros was now different. Where before, it was simply a weak white essence, that of a common priest, now it was vibrant. Purple swirled and molded within the white essence, while red, green, and yellow were just as prominent. The colors of the gods were on display, and Kuros's power was now far greater. I do not defy Darien, Kuros. I only refuse to be your slave. Kuros fumed loudly, you are not my slave. Crix remained calm and stoic, hoping to avoid any conflict with his old friend. Kuros, so long as I am within those walls where your power is absolute, I will have no free will. I will be a prisoner to your whims. I will be a slave to your wishes. Kuros flailed his arms angrily. His temper was getting the best of him. He had been given all that he wanted and Crix's defiance was doing far more than ruffling his feathers. Crix, this is your last chance. Get in here or prepare to face the wrath of Darien, threatened Kuros. Crix remained still as the swirling aura started to wane. He sighed loudly and hung his head before squaring his shoulders to the door of the stockade. He lifted his head and opened his eyes, locking on to a frayed thread of Kuros's essence. I'm sorry, Kuros, but I cannot. My destiny lies elsewhere. Kuros screamed loudly and opened his palms, illuminating them with a pulsing white aura. Your destiny lies with me, he shouted. Crix remained steadfast and calm. At the sight of Kuros's hands, he tugged on the frayed essence. Kuros bent over slightly before Crix tugged a second frayed part, this time sending him backwards into the stockade. 
Hiros rolled backwards and landed on his feet, though this time out of the doorway and into the stockade. Cricks! screamed Kuros as the door to the stockade slammed shut, separating the two friends for the rest of eternity. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.